Hey everyone, welcome back to another Swish Water Lad Super Rugby preview. And we have made it to the very last game of the year. Two of the teams we probably all picked from the start. What a final, the perfect final to finish. Blues versus the Crusaders, which is going to be a sellout at Eden Park. And no doubt our guests will be there again, as always, Surly from Surly Talk Sport. Welcome, mate. Yeah, look, fizzing for this one. Saturday, sold out Eden Park, a Blues famous victory. Parades down Queen Street. I can't wait. Oh. Mate, and how was your week on Swish? Another week? Any success this week? It was a $5 week for you. Surely we got a few this week. Yeah, look, uh, fair to say the old pie and V combo might have been a touch more popular with the listeners than I was. But hey, you get that on the big jobs. Maybe after a big Blues win, they'll come flooding in. Maybe that's what all the fans are saving it for. If the Blues win, a $5 shout out from Surly, Surly Talk Sport must be right up there on the list. Oh, you'd like to think so. Like Christmas. Christmas, all right. And we also have another special guest in the studio for the final. He's going to bookend the Super Rugby preview. He obviously started off with a hiss and a roar at the start of the year, and he's going to finish the season just as strongly as he did. He's recovered from his left nut surgery, and he's back in the studio, back in Mapua. It is the great man, Tom Marshall. Cheers, Jimmy. Um, awesome to be back out in the studio. So you've uh, added a few more gadgets floating around, so... Podcast is obviously going very well. Um, yeah, looking forward to previewing this final. I think it'll be an epic encounter. Um, I lost a little bit of confidence in my tipping uh, early on in the Super Rugby, but I'm, I'm back this week and I'm, I'm very confident. But what I noticed with a lot of your tips early in the year was that a lot of them came to fruition later on in the year. You talked about Reese Hodge, you talked about Pablo, mm. you talked about even um, the Brumbies hooker, Lonigan, yeah, Lonigan to score. Lonigan. I think that's what you left, lost your left nut on. But yeah. look at him last week, two tries in a semi-final. So um, we did notice that. Me and Surly sort of mentioned it a few times throughout the season that um, you're just usually a few weeks late. So, <laughs> well, you, you talk about Hodgie. Um, I feel like I put the mockers on his whole season. The, the, the <laughs> his, poor, career. his career, his <laughs> career. He's. Uh, I've seen him in the Wallabies A side, which <laughs> you know, after talking him up a, a huge season, he's gone and had. You know, probably not the the best one, so mm. I can't help but feel slightly responsible. Yeah, fair enough. But we will get into the games from Unreal semi-finals. Bit of debate as usual around some of these games, but quality games of rugby. I felt like all the games were a good watch, entertaining and intense. But the first game was Crusaders versus the Chiefs. Very, very strong wind in this game. I thought the Chiefs did an extremely good job in that first half. And then when Pablo got the red card, I thought it was theirs to lose which they did, but it was a massive performance from the Crusaders, especially on D. What did you make of it, Surly? Yeah, pretty much just what you said. Defence was outstanding, eh? I think they made a record tackle count, 222 tackles. So it's unofficial, not from stats, man, but, um, but we'll take it. But, yeah, geez, the Chiefs, they had their chances, like Peter Gus open try line probably didn't realize until a bit later on and then Mm. couldn't ground it and then unfortunately Quintu Paya who I thought had an unreal game sent a pass into the stands with the winger open but yeah they certainly had their chances but in the end I think the better side held on to get the win. Yeah there's a couple of massive turning points in that game those two you mentioned and also that one where they were hot on attack Uh, I think the ball goes to Nankerville spills Will Jordan kicks it 80 meters downfield they get the five-metre scrum. Mm. Grace scores off that scrum. Massive turning point in that game. And, yeah, they just sort of just couldn't capitalise. I mean, the Crusaders defended very well, but the Chiefs still had enough opportunities to win that. They just 
couldn't get the job done. What did you make of it, Tommy? You played for both sides. Yeah, I thought it was an awesome game, um, considering the conditions. Like it looked absolutely woeful out there, but um, so there's still some really good skill on display. Um, I was a little bit surprised that I think the Chiefs actually managed to beat up the Crusaders. Um, Crusaders' defense was obviously unreal. They had to absorb a lot of pressure, but um, I think Chiefs will be ruining themselves. You know, they they couldn't have had a better opportunity to score more points. You know, they had a man in the bin, and um, the Crusaders just half a chance. And and as you say, like that Will Jordan kick downfield and the Cullen Brace try, like. Um, it's just so deflating for the Chiefs, but um, I thought it was a really good game for the neutral. And yeah, and what do you make of Pablo's red card? You're a big Pablo man. You have been um, since you were born. So yeah, no, I think um, since I was born, yeah, <laughs> came out with a mustache. Um, no, I thought I thought it was a bit, um, bit careless from Pablo. Actually, I, mm. I thought it was a red card all day. Oh. Um, pretty, I think he's probably pretty lucky to be named in the team for this weekend. True. What about you, Surly? Yeah, I'd probably have to agree. Another thing I noticed was when Quinn uh, got him with the shoulder, no HIA for Pablo, and then when Pablo did the same, Gatland was sent off. So that was an interesting one to to look at as well. But yeah, I think I thought a red was an automatic suspension, but maybe two yellows and it doesn't count. Not yeah. quite sure. But yeah, yeah, that is the rule. If it is two yellows, it doesn't necessarily count. It does have to be a red for an automatic suspension, a straight out red, but. Um, if Tom was in that judiciary, he probably calls it a straight-out red, so he would have been suspended. But, um, yeah, it's tough for the referees at the moment. As soon as, you, as soon as they get a check or the tackles get slowed down, it's pretty much always a card. Is, there's going to be some sort of contact to the chin or the head at some point, especially when guys are dropping their heads. It is making it incredibly tough for the referees who obviously cop it because they're making the decisions, but it's not really in their control. Now that's that's where I reckon the um, the twenty minute rule is really good for yeah. world rugby. You know, it doesn't ruin the whole spectacle. I think like this final this weekend, I wouldn't be surprised if there's another red card shown mm. at some stage because, as you said, it's pretty easy um, if if the the ball carrier drops his height and you end up clopping him in the shoulder mm. to the head. It's it's a red card, unfortunately, but it's still probably not quite enough to have a a definite impact on the on the game. Mm. And what I've noticed around the red cards, I don't feel like teams have been punished as much as you would expect in those 20 minutes. I feel like there's been a lot of red card moments throughout the season where teams haven't really put teams away or even scored more than sort of 10 points in that 20-minute period and game's still right back on when they're back to full strength. And, I mean, the Chiefs couldn't score any points with Pablo on the side. So, um, yeah. No, yeah, there is a bit of an art to playing the man down, So, and I think teams have struggled with that. Another thing I noticed on the weekend, the video ref seemed to be trying to talk the ref out of a few decisions there, but the referee kind of stuck with what he was saying. But I was interested in the communication he was getting because he was kind of mentioning that it was accidental or perhaps not that much force, but the ref stuck strong with his decision. So that was interesting to hear through the TV as well. Mm, great point. The other semi-final of the week was the Blues versus the Brumbies. Now this game started off, it looked like the Blues were in some sort of form. They looked red hot in that first half. They were playing very good footy. And then it got a little bit nerve-wracking for, I'd imagine you, Surly, those last few minutes would have been pretty tense until a big offer came soaring through the sky with the charge down. What would you make of it? 
Yeah, look, never in doubt. And I think maybe, you know, the Blues, that they've been exciting all year. Maybe they got the call at halftime just to keep people interested, tighten it right up. They wanted that, that grandstand finish, and the boys delivered. But, yeah, look, a, a typical old cliche game of two halves. I thought the Blues were outstanding in the first half, and the Brumbies looked a little bit off. And then second half, we kind of saw that vintage Brumbies footy where they just played territory, went back to their set piece, that rolling mall, the old left nut came into effect and yeah they looked really good and then yeah you mentioned old Uffa what a guy to pull it off I probably wouldn't have bet the old left nut on him being the one to charge it down but a huge play and I saw they've added some Titanic music to it in the background and it's emotional stuff so well done to Uffa and a big win for the Blues. Yeah, I, I know Lollisier thought that he had advantage because it did seem like a strange decision to go for that mm. 45 metre drop goal with sort of 50 seconds left on the clock. It wasn't a great play, but he obviously thought he had advantage from the moment where it did look like their seven was over the ball. Um, he was in pretty good position for a bit there. Um, penalty wasn't given. Um, Blues off the hook, but what do you make of this game, Tommy? Yeah, no, it was, a, it was an awesome game. I thought, again, both semifinals were really good. Um, I was a little bit surprised in how close it was, I thought. Mm. didn't think the Brumbies would be able to push the Blues that close, and to be honest, they probably should have come away on top at the end there. They were pretty unlucky and just the way the game unfolded. But, um, yeah, look, it was it was a good game. Um, and I think the Blues, you know, maybe one less day uh, turnaround from the Crusaders. And, again, it was quite a physical game. So, yeah, I don't know if that will uh, play an effect this weekend. Definitely not with the energy that... I don't know, what is it, 60,000 Blues fans will be giving them at Eden Park and surely included, they'll be giving them some sort of energy. They won't be getting tired, that's for sure. But there was one moment in that game which um, I thought was a bit of a turning point was when the Brumbies were hot on attack in that first half. They had a clear overlap, plenty of numbers. They just had to pull it out. They're about 30 centimetres from the line and the big lock just tries to put the ball down on top of three players ends up getting held up and then they've got a goal line dropout, which is a massive turning point from which a moment where the team should have got seven points ended up being back on halfway trying to restart the game. I know you were filthy at the time after a few diesels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we were watching it together on the sofa. Um, absolutely filthy, <laughs> absolute coach killer. Um, but, you know, that, that's that's what it's like when you play in those high-intensity games. Like finals going to be exactly the same. There's going to be moments that will, will define the game and mm. you know uh, more often than not as a player you just hope you're you're having a positive impact as opposed to a negative one but you know those those are the things that's what happens in sport yeah surely what do you make of the game yeah overall really exciting I was just happy to see the Blues get through um, glad the Brumbies didn't play with that second half intensity the whole time and then I just thought the usual guys that we expected to stand up for the Blues did I thought Bodie was outstanding and then like Stephen Perifeta, Rico, AJ Lamb, Nepo Lalala, they kind of carried on that form that they've been in this year. So, yeah, a strong team performance from the Blues. Probably a bit lucky at the end, it must be said. But, yeah, excited to see them progress and can't wait for this weekend because all of a sudden there's so many Blues fans in the mix. Mm. It's great to see. And uh, Eden Park should be humming. Yeah, and you mentioned Bodie. Again, I don't reckon the Blues win that game without Bodie. He was so good in that game. Every, especially in that first half, everything he's touching went to gold. But just the way he's controlling the game as well, so calm, really running the ship well for that side. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Like I know we talked about it pre-game um, with the All Black selection, what 
who would who would your ten be? And we had a bit of a discussion about that. I was probably leaning towards Richie. You were probably leaning towards Bodie. Mm. Um, and you know the, he was absolute class. I thought. Um, you know, he put in some big tackles on defence, a couple of try savers, and then you can just tell by his composure, like he doesn't really put too much emotion in the mm. way he plays. He seems like he'd really be a good calming influence for a lot of those Blues boys that, you know, probably at times do get a little bit revved up in a few too many chahus. But, mm. uh, yeah, <laughs> I think he's definitely the, the, the cog, the glue in the cog at the moment. Yeah, but I think the que- it was the question that really rattled me um, – that night was when Mike Coman actually asked, would you go Carter or Lima Sopawanga? <laughs> <laughs> Not knowing that he was trying to say Bodhi or Moanga, so that's how many bears deep he was. <laughs> but we'll get to this, we'll get to the big one, the final, the game that we've all been waiting for. We all picked it at the start, well, most of us, if we didn't put the Hurricanes in, but they were the two favourites to be here in the final. They were the two best teams on paper, and we've got it. It's going to be a heck of a game, sold out Eden Park. Some are calling it potentially the greatest final of all time before it's even happened. And I think we have a split decision here. Tom, who are you picking in this one? Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be an unreal final. Um, Greatest final of all time. Yep, big call, but um, hard to argue with. And um, for me, I'm going the Crusaders. Crusaders on top. Mm. Well, Surly, what do you make of that? Yeah, now that's a rubbish tip in my humble opinion. Um, been talking <laughs> about it for a few weeks that this Roger dream of mine comes true. So I think the Blues will pip them at the end with RTS under the sticks and the place will go wild. Oh, wow. Deciding vote. I reckon this game, we sort of spoke about it earlier, but I think this game literally, I say it all the time, is going to come down to a moment. We talked about the Brumbies moment where the pick and go wasn't the right option, but I think this game's going to be incredibly close. One on a moment might be a card, might be a massive play from someone, and I think whatever team's on the best end of that um, will get the win. But I'm leaning towards the Blues, um, but like I said, with no confidence, Surely you've been chipping away at me all year saying the Auckland Blues will not lose and mate, I'm starting to believe you. Yeah, look, you made you made me into a bit of a Canes believer so it's good to see I've got the opposite effect on you. Um, it's going to be a heck of a game. There's, what, matchups all over the park and no doubt the All Blacks coaches will be watching very closely but yeah, hopefully just that home crown advantage, the whole city's behind the boys and I think most mutual fans will probably be going for the Blues as well so hopefully mm. it's enough to get them home. Uh, what's a matchup you're looking forward to, Tom? Yeah, there's matchups all over the park, isn't there? It's going to be a blockbuster game, but I've gone to the back row. Um, I think Cullen Grayson versus Hoskins Satutu. Um, you know, Satutu's been recently named in the All Blacks, and Cullen Grace hasn't, and um, he's been playing well. Um, so I think you know he'll, he'll he'll have a point to prove, and um, I think that'll be a good matchup. Mm, Crusaders, no All Black loose forwards. You mentioned it before the show. That's a that's a huge stat. Yeah, I I, I didn't have the answer to the stat, but um, I was hoping you'd be able to ring your mate, the stats man, and um, find out when the last time there was no Crusaders back rows in the All Blacks. I think it would be uh, a long time anyway. I'm I'm going to put that out there and say that there has never been uh, an All Black side without a Crusader loose forward in the history of. Crusaders Rugby, I'm going to put it out there. But if you do know the answer to that, message me on the Woodlead Instagram page. I'd be keen to hear if anyone does know it. Um, especially you, Stats Man, I'm, I'm expecting you to know this one. Probably one of the only guys to know this. So 
Um, get at me with the official stat and I'll post it on the story. Um, but Dalton, Surly, you must be pumped to see Dalton penciled in there on the bench. Yeah, interesting to see him off the bench, which possibly suggests that he'd only be up for a 20-30 minute cameo, but a massive inclusion if he can get back out on the park. Obviously the skipper throughout the season, and I thought probably the Form 7 heading in before his injury, and I think he would have been in that 7 jersey for the All Blacks as well. So that would be a massive boost, not just in terms of his playing ability, but his leadership, and it would be awesome to see him lift the trophy with Bodie at the end. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned the RTS dream. I do want to hear a little bit more detail about it. How does it play out? Because this could be something that could happen. Yeah, look, I just keep getting five-second flashes throughout the night. And, you know, often the wife, I wake up in a hot sweat and she says, what were you thinking about? And I say, RTS under the sticks. So could be interesting. I'm not sure if it's off a line-out or a scrum. It's off a set piece. And they just pull out the strike move. Roger just wades through an open hole. And then in he goes underneath the sticks. Does the old ball toss into the crowd? The Eden Park faithful go wild. And then from then on, it's just absolute scenes. So. Do you have a time on it? It was it was to win the game right at the end. So I'd go the last five to six minutes max. So if that's an option at the bookies, it's probably paying the house. But get in there. <laughs> Oh, mate, might have to be a Waterlad special. Will Roger score in the 71st minute under the sticks? Or 75th minute under the sticks? And the ball toss. The ball toss is key. (laughs) But I think the matchup that um, is probably worth your price ticket alone to watch this game is the matchup between the two tens. Probably the two best players in the world at the moment. They're both playing so well. We spoke about them in the review part of the show. But Bodie and Richie Mwanga are both playing some exceptional footy. Both of them get the ball on their hands when they need it, when their team needs them. And, mate, they are delivering every single time. Yeah, no, hard to argue with that. Um, I'm looking forward to them both going head-to-head. I know we, we talked about it last week watching both the semifinals, so it'll be nice to see them in, in one game. Um, and I think, to be honest, uh, whoever comes out on top in that personal battle will probably come out top in for, for their team. Mm, agree. And probably get the 10 jersey for the All Blacks as well. Mm, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think what well, Bodie's probably got the upper hand at the moment, but a massive shift from Richie and it will be really close. Might get him across the line. Also excited to see RTS and Rico up against Harvilly and Goodhue. There's just All Black matches all over the park. So I think no doubt the selectors and the coaches will be watching closely as we get towards that Irish test, but... Yeah, it should be a huge game. Can't wait. Yeah, I know you're picking the Blues. Tell me why the Blues are going to win this one. I want to hear the debate between the Blues and the Crusaders. Give me a reason. Yeah, look, I just think confidence is huge. The boys, they haven't lost since that round one matchup against the Canes where they went down by a point. And I think I saw a stat there, what, 22 from the twenty last 23 games have all been wins. So they're just riding a real wave at the moment. Sold out Eden Park. Dalton back on the bench. The stage is set for a famous Blues win. And I think they've just showed this year that they're just so much more of a quality side than they have been in this previous years. And they've won those big games, which perhaps in the past they haven't won. So I'm backing them to come away with the dub. It'll be close, but I think they'll get it done. Tom, Crusaders. Yeah, look, the Crusaders, uh, their quality. They've been there. They've done that numerous times before. I think they'll actually relish the opportunity to go up to Eden Park. Um, I actually get a little bit more excited thinking about that than the Crusaders being at home. I think they'll relish that opportunity. 
make it a little bit more special. Um, and I'm just not convinced that the Blues really know how to handle pressure as well as we think. Um, you know, you saw the the game last weekend and they probably did their best to throw, throw that away. Um, the Brumbies could have easily won it at, at the death there. So I just think in those tight moments, you see what the Crusaders do and how they handle pressure and how they go through their processes. I think um, I think they'll just be a little bit too clinical and have overall a little bit too much leadership and probably come away with it. <laughs> oh, what a debate. This debate is all-time potentially as good as the game. But one thing I that stands out for me about the differences between these teams is the breakdown. The Blues hammer the breakdown. Their wide breakdown, their backs are all very good at it. I don't think the Crusaders are going to get very good ball to play with just by how hard that these Blues go on the breakdown. And on a dewy night, supposed to be a little bit of rain around, um, I think it's going to be pretty tough. And that's why I think it's going to come down to small moments. But, geez, you make a good point about the experience and the leadership and the composure of that Crusaders team right across the board, whereas I feel like um, the Blues definitely, in terms of composure, rely heavily on Bodie. Yeah, you'd have to think, what, this is probably one of the only finals the Crusaders have gone in as underdogs throughout their time. It's pretty rare to see them in an away final and then almost paying two bucks at the bookies as well. So, yeah, no doubt they'll be fired up with that underdog tag. It's not often they have that, but... Nah, still the Blues. You haven't sold me, boys. They will not lose. Fair enough, Surly, and looking forward to the game. But before we before we do move on, I want to know who you guys think the lad of the year is going to be. Obviously, Bodie picked up three points last week with his clinic that he put on. Um, so he's moved up to seven points. The only ones who can win behind him is Will Jordan on six points or Stephen Perifeta on six points. And I did promise the guys, all the lads listening, that if you did win this, you will make the All Black team. So the All Blacks selectors have taken no risks and they've selected everyone who was in the frame to win Lad of the Week last week. So um, fair play. I told you guys that this was a true thing. Some of you guys didn't believe me. I had lots of messages about that. But um, Perifeta, he's in. Well, Jordan, he's in. Bodie's in. Peter Gus is in. They're all in. So um, who are you picking, Surly? Yeah, look, if it plays out how I'm expecting, then probably Bodie. I think he's always good for some points and um, he'll, he'll put in a strong performance and be lifting the trophy at the end so he'll be fresh in people's mm. minds. Yeah, I'm going to go for Will Jordan. I think he's in the absolute form of his life and I can't remember the last time I've seen a, a fullback play such good footy like that. Um, and the way I see the game unfolding, I think he'll be involved in one or two big moments that will, will be defining of the match. Oh, I'm getting excited just thinking about it. And we've also created a new trophy, um, a little bit like the Clive Churchill in the league, the man of the match in the final. It's going to be called the um, Lad Marshall Award. Was that the was that what we decided on? Or yeah. <laughs> I think you wanted a, the Lad James Marshall Award, didn't you? <laughs> Rolls off the tongue either way. Great name. The oh, lads, the Lad Surly Award. Now we're oh, talking. Surly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Now we're talking, all right. I can hand it out after the game. Huge. Oh, now we're, <laughs> now we're actually talking. 100%. Have to go to the $2 shop, whip the something up. <laughs> okay, it's going to be called the Lad Surly Award, so the man of the match. For you to hand it out straight after the match, we'll have to start the voting at maybe the 70th minute mark so that we can 
um, get you straight out there on the field to hand this prestigious award. Maybe try and get up on stage like Big Java or something. <laughs> yeah, they might have to go the 75th minute in case my Roger try comes true. That could get him across the line. But yeah, I'll be hanging off the railings waiting to get on the field, boys. Security <laughs> might have a go at me, but once they see the lad surly medal in my hand, they'll let me through. <laughs> Oh, good stuff. Oh, and before we go, I do want to get your thoughts on the All Blacks. Um, very good squad, some unlucky players. We all, we spoke about it a little bit earlier. There's always going to be some unlucky halfbacks, loose forwards, some of these tough positions. What did you make of the final squad, yep. Surly? Who was that? unluckiest yeah you'd have to think guys like De Groot and Jacobson must be wondering kind of what they did wrong I thought that De Groot one was the most interesting selection just obviously with big Carl saying that he's heading off post this year obviously looking forward to the World Cup I thought they probably would have replaced him with another prop but um, it was also good to see guys like Fakatava, Peter Gus, RTS, Perifeta, those guys make the squad because in previous years they've kind of stuck with the incumbents and and ignored some of the more super rugby form, but I think they've kind of gone off form and really made some bold decisions this year, so you have to rate that. But yeah, I also think like Tom Robinson, probably unlucky as well. He's probably someone I would have liked to have seen in the mix. And then, of course, the battle of the nines, that would have gone right down to the wire. And maybe those Weber and TJ being eligible for the Maldives might have pushed them out just so that they can keep playing some footy as well and we get to see the other three play for the All Blacks. Yeah, and of course, Lock and Fakatava and, and with the New Zealand rugby for the next, what is it, three or five years? I can't remember how long it is, but five five years, my stats man tells me. So what do you make of the All Blacks team, Tom? Yeah, I think um, Surly summed it up really well there. Yeah, great. Um, good to see a little bit of form come through from Super Rugby, as Surly, as Surly suggested, and then a little bit of, um, bit of balance coming through with... The, the tried and tested, you know, the likes of Sam Kane and, and whatnot, I think uh, it's justified selections. Um, obviously, halfback, man, that's an area where there's just so much depth. Mm-hmm. Eh? Like you look at the two Crusader halfbacks and, you know, they can't, not even in the, the Maldi squad or, or, <laughs> or the All Black squad and they're both probably good enough to play international rugby for a lot of other different unions. So... Um, you know, blessed with talent all through through the books, and there's always going to be disappointed players. But um, you know, stoked for the the newbies coming in. It's nice to see Lester get mm-hmm. get his opportunity on the wing. You know, I think he's been in, in unreal form for for a long period of time. So it's good to see him um, get his opportunity. Oh, geez, you boys have summed that up to perfection. But you mentioned Sam Kane. And yes, he's coming on Waterlad podcast this week. So um, get ready to listen to that epic yarn in a couple of weeks. Um, he's, he's getting a hard time from social media. I don't get why people don't like him, man. No one hits harder than him. He is tough. Everyone respects him. And he is just an unreal player. Just He's just got way too many haters out there, which I'm not sure why. But he's seen the light. He's going to come on the podcast. And we all know what happens when guys come on What a Lad. Their performance increases by 63%. Was it, Surly? <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. A good piece of content. You could go through the comments, pick someone out that's been not raiding him, and then get them to run it at him, and we can <laughs> film it. That would be huge. <laughs> would be good. He is one player that I always remember how hard he hit. He did hit a lot harder than... Hey, you probably trained with him as well, so yeah, you would. Nah, he's he's quality. He's 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 one of the best going around. Um, but yeah, I agree. I have no idea why he gets it's such a hard time. Mm. Anyway, guys, thanks for joining me. Enjoy the final, Surly. Looking forward to seeing you up on the stage with the lad Searle 
um, <laughs> the lad Searle Award <laughs> presenting it to potentially um, who, who do we say Bowden Barrett or RTS after the try or um, Will Jordan. There's going to be a fair few options after this game, but um, as appreciate it as always. Been a heck of a year. Enjoy the final. Oh, good. Go well. And no doubt an emotional and proud moment for both myself and the recipient. So the tears might be flowing, but I'm looking forward to handing that medal over come Saturday night. You're a lad.